0: The Hawaii Sports Radio Network on 95.1 FM and AM 760 presents "Wake Up in the Den", den, den. with Kulei Agbayani.
1: Good morning, beautiful people. Let's wake up in the den, Kulei Agbayani. And paul brecht happy aloha friday happy final show of 2023 and just as promised we have quite the show uh in store for you as we welcome our special in-studio guest joining us for the hour <laughs> the- guy in charge here of our athletics, <laughs> the University of Hawaii Athletics Director, Craig Angelis. Craig,
0: woo-hoo! Hey, thank you. It's great to be here.
1: <laughs> thank you so much for making the time.
0: Oh, it's fantastic. How,
1: how, how has your holidays been going so far?
0: It's been going good. I had uh, some family in town. They're still here. So, I've uh, been going to the beach a lot. I, I've been here six months and I hardly have been to the beach at all, but it seems like the whole week that we've been going to the beach.
1: <laughs> that sounds like Paul. Actually,
2: I was Paul's gonna say that his family's is in town. An exact replica of what it sounds like. My holiday season has been like <laughs> family in town. Been here a year and a half. Not uh, like a huge. I don't dislike the beach, but it's not the reason I am here in Hawaii per se. It is a big part of the reason they are in here in <laughs> Hawaii. So I'm glad to hear that your fam is enjoying some beach oh, time fantastic.
0: as well. Yeah, the 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 temperature. I mean, it's like summertime is fantastic.
1: We got a bunch of stuff in store before we get to the difficult questions. And we got a bunch of texts so far. So, a lot of people are looking forward to having you on the show and listening to you and what you have to say. But first, I want to, you know, start with some easy stuff, right? You know, you're originally from Utah. So, tell us a little bit about uh, the area in which you grew up. And you are a former baseball player, but did you play any other sports as a kid?
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's been a long time ago as, as I think about it. (laughs) <laughs> to think. But, uh, yeah, I grew up in Salt Lake city. Um, you know, I played uh, sports a lot, played uh, football, baseball, and basketball in high school. Um, you know, back in the day, I was, I was all state in football and all state and, in, in in baseball. I was the most valuable player in football. We had an undefeated season, the whole thing, but I always felt I was better in baseball. Well, I could go further in baseball. So I pursued baseball in college, uh, and, uh, played at BYU, uh, went, I went, uh, I went to a junior college though. So for one year in, cause I went on a church mission after my freshman year. And then I came back and I wanted to try to get drafted. So I came and played at a junior college in Whittier, California, uh, Rio Hondo and, uh, played, had a great, you know, good season there. And, uh, but then I didn't get drafted. So I went back and finished my last two years at BYU. And of course we played Hawaii during that time. And that's where I was able to come here and play Hawaii in the eighties and, uh, and less more comedy and playing that beautiful stadium they've got there. So, did that, and then, uh, of course, I didn't know really what I wanted to do, so, I went to, so I, I went to law school. Well, actually, I played in Italy for a while, and then I thought, well, shoot, I could play in Italy for a long time, but i got to get on, my li- <laughs> on, 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 on with my life because I was getting older, so I decided to go to law school, figure that out. And then from there, I you know, worked in a small law firm in Los Angeles, and then I got into the NCAA because I kind of wanted to combine my, my athletics interests with my, with my uh, legal interests because I liked them both. And asked a lot of people, where, you know, how could how do you get in the industry? What where, where where should I go? And they gave me a lot of uh, uh, suggestions. But and this is before the internet, where you could actually email people. I had to write letters. Uh, if you remember back in those days,
1: <laughs> uh, I don't know if Paul does, but I do. <laughs> <laughs> a very very so, start of life.
0: Long story short, though, uh, someone recommended I go apply at the NCA because they hired a lot of people with legal backgrounds. So I got on with them and was able to be one of like the ten or twelve uh, experts, I guess if you call them. Uh, to interpret all the rules and regulations of the association. So you kind of became a rules expert kind of thing. Uh, And so I did that for a while, and then I parleyed that into a a job on campus uh, at the University of Miami, where they called and asked me if I wanted to come do compliance for them. I was like, I've never been to Florida, I've never been to Miami, sure. I went out there, interviewed me, they offered me the job on the spot, I took it, we moved down there, you know, and that's another story in and of itself, because (laughs) a few months later, uh, Dan Levitard, who you all know in, in this industry, broke this article and pay for play article with the Miami Herald about all these scandals that were going on there. Now, today, it wouldn't be a scandal at all. All these things are legal. I'm sure yep. we'll talk more about that later. <laughs> yes. But back then, it was illegal. So I commenced a whole NSA investigation and did that on the behalf of the university. And uh, But I stayed there eight years, uh, became the number two person there. And then I went to, another, went to Indiana for being the number two person. I, I became the AD at Florida Atlantic for, I think, nine years. I went to University of South, Florida's number two, uh, LI, or, uh, Temple University, uh, LIU. So I've been a number two person for probably six stops and been an AD at uh, now two stops. So I've been doing this about 30 years. So uh, it's all good, though. I, I enjoy it. I, I've had opportunities to get out, but the, being able to be on a college campus and work in college athletics has is, is been my dream, and I still love it every day. Uh, so I don't ever see myself getting out.
1: Yeah, and now you're in the the dream place to work, at least in terms of the weather. I know we'll get into some other stuff. Oh, but on it's, yeah, it's not entirely the dreams. <laughs> all the all the things you you have to deal with well, here. Some good <laughs> challenges ahead for sure. Um, before we get into some of those challenges, as we are joined in studio by UHAD Craig Angelus, uh, you talk about making multiple stops in your career. So tell us a little bit about your wife, Kristen. I've met her, hung out with her a few times. She's awesome, and you have. Five children, or six, no, six, actually. excuse yeah. me. Elena, Alexis, Abigail, Austin, Aaron, Olivia. I yeah. think that's right. Yeah. <laughs> is yeah. it in that order on like their yeah. ages? Uh, yeah.
0: It is. Uh start off with A's, just the first two or three of them were natural because my wife liked those names. And then after that we thought, well, the next one's the last one. <laughs> so they might feel disenfranchised <laughs> if you don't if they don't have an A name. So we did that. And then there was the next one, there was the next one. So that you can tell the last one's name's Olivia. And most of the time you spell it with an O. Yeah but we had to, we had to be in sync. So we, we named her with an A, A-L-I-V-I-A. Uh, so yeah. Uh, but it, you know, in, in, college athletics, you know, there's a lot of, uh, you know, there's anytime there's a leadership change, there's movement, uh, whether it be a president, an athletic director, a, you know, a football coach, basketball coach, you know, we see that a lot. And so you have to be, uh, able to, you know, adapt to that sometimes it may be your you know you, you may want to move to better jobs and other times they may want other people in those positions so uh so having six kids and moving them around the country all that time uh was you know i, I look back and think should i have done that did i really script their lives you know should i just i, I don't know i still question myself on that <laughs> a, a little bit for them but they seem to have turned out fairly well uh but my wife's you know been the one that's had to every time you move into a new city you got to find new doctors new schools new mm-hmm. you know, new new coaches, new teams. I mean, it's really a Herculean effort to move a a lot. It seems like looking back, but we just kind of got on that train and I was going from, you know, trying to move my way up through the industry. And so I tell people, if you're going to be in college athletics, you got to be prepared to be mobile if you want to move up in the industry, because many times you just can't move up from, you know, all the way to the top at the school you're at. You Mm kind of have to move from place to place. So that's been a little bit of a challenge, but she's been really great uh, about that. And the kids were, you know, s- seem to survive. Uh, so,
1: so it's worked out. <laughs> I love how he's like, seems to survive. I, that, <laughs> so that, that was the <laughs>
2: word that I noticed right at the end. I was like, the kids survived. And well, yeah, they, that's, that's, that, that, that's, that's, that's 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 good. The yeah. part, they all
0: went to course. multiple, multiple high schools, except my last one. Now, a couple of them volunteered to do that, wanted to do that in the city, but, but some, some stints were like eight years, nine years, uh, and others were, you know, a couple at a time. So, so it was, it was balanced out pretty well.
1: All right. And I know you've definitely answered this uh, multiple times when you first, you know, arrived. And, and part of the reason why I kind of pushed this off, I do need a note to all of our listeners that Craig has been almost the one that's been bugging me to come on the show ever since I kind of first met you. I was like, hey, you want to come on my show? And then after that, when I would see you at Functions, you would always almost... Remind me, like, hey, when am I going to be on your show? Which is awesome because I know that, like, especially in your position, not a lot of athletic directors around the country would necessarily do that. And then I thought to myself, well, maybe we'll just hold out because I know you were doing your initial rounds, like when you first got hired, obviously. And then I noticed, well, everyone's kind of asking the same questions, so we're going to wait. And I think that's why this was the perfect time because now you've been off. (laughs) Helped me off.
0: I had to beg you to get onto your show. I'll, I'll admit it. (laughs)
2: <laughs>
1: oh, but but no, I think it's that's important to note that you've, you've been so gracious and we're so happy to have you in studio. But uh, now that you have been here for uh, six months, what are some of your we'll start with the easy question. What are some of the things the, some of the positives that you've seen, not just in your position and at the school, but just, you know, moving out here, moving your, your family out here? Well, your wife, mostly.
0: Yeah, the kids are still in, the, yeah. in school and whatnot. But, uh, but the, personally, I mean, who, who doesn't love Hawaii? The, the weather's fantastic. I mean, we've lived in South Florida for a long time too, but it's, it's so much better than South Florida because South Florida has the humidity. And you don't have the humidity here. You don't have the bugs, you know, some of the wild animals and, and whatnot here. <laughs> so, I mean, and the water temperature is fantastic. Uh, now that I'm going to the beach every day, I'm, <laughs> I'm able to uh, monitor that. <laughs> but certainly the weather and the people are very, very nice. Uh, you know, that that's a real thing that people don't realize. Maybe on the mainland, and I've lived in all those areas, you know, from New York, Philly, Miami, Midwest <laughs> two or three times, the Mountain West, L.A., Orange County. So I think I've pretty much covered the, the mainland. But here, I think the people are just extremely nice uh, and generous to you. So per- personally, that's been fantastic. I mean, I think professionally, uh, again, the people are great to work with. The community has been fantastic. Uh, seem to have been somewhat well-received by people. Uh, the fans are fantastic. I didn't realize the fan base here, uh, was so dedicated to their sports. I mean, especially things like volleyball, men's Mm -hmm. volleyball. I mean, that's just incredible. I think we were third highest in attendance with women's volleyball this year, but I know men's is probably, probably one of the highest and, but even at other sports, I mean, they're rabid fans. And I think maybe because we're the only division one school on the, on the uh, you know, within 2,500 miles of anywhere. Uh, and people probably don't move off the Island as much, you know, they're, they're, they want to be local and stay here. So all that comes together to be a great opportunity here. And I think, you know, then financially, and I don't know if people realize this, but we are extremely fortunate in Hawaii to have the legislature, uh, supporting athletics to a certain degree. Uh, many, many states like Florida, California and others, the state statutes preclude, uh, state funding from going to athletic departments. Uh, and so they've got a you know, a lot of times they get their money through, certainly we all try to get it through private situations, donations, things of that nature, your multimedia rights, deals, your uh, media contracts. But, uh, but they do a lot with their student fees. Like Florida, for example, has a huge student fee for many of their schools, not all, but, uh, you know, like might be, I don't know, $10 per credit hour, $15 per credit hour, $5 per credit hour, whatever. So they'll bring in, millions and millions off their student fee uh whereas our student fee is we don't have really a very high student fee and it hasn't been raised for 10 12 years but but the legislature is able to provide you know uh help us with various initiatives and so that's very beneficial that you don't see a lot of places so i I thought that was a huge benefit uh coming here so there's been a lot of uh, there's a lot of great things here uh facilities are fantastic uh, it, it, for the most part, some of them are a little, uh, uh, you know, needless some refreshing, but Stan Sheriff, you know, uh, less mm-hmm. more commie, the swimming and diving areas. I mean, those are fantastic venues, but again, they're probably 40 years old, but they've, they need to be up kept or kept up a little bit better or a little, a little bit more. Uh, we're building a new track and, uh, mm-hmm. uh for, our, for our women's track team, uh, that should be state of the art. Of course, our women's soccer team will be able to play there too. Uh, so once you get that done, uh, you know, I know we need to concentrate on our football facilities with our stadium, as well as all of our practice facilities in football. I think that's the one thing that stands out that we really, really need to, 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 to rectify. But, uh, but on and on or all in all, it's been, a you know, it's a lot of good things to be thankful for in the, in the athletic
1: department. All right, and a lot of things to get to with athletics as we are joined uh, for the show by University of Hawaii Athletics Director Craig Angelus. We do need to take a break. And when we come back, we'll get to some of the questions that have been texted in. So if you guys have a question, be sure to text us at 808 888 kgu one That's 808-888-5481. We'll be right back on Wake Up in the Den.
2: Wake Up in the Den with Kule Agbayani on the Hawaii Sports Radio Network 95.1 FM and AM 760.
1: Welcome back to Wake Up in the Den Kule Agbayani, Paul Brecht and we are joined by University of Hawaii Athletics Director Craig Angelis for the show today. Alright, want to get to some questions right off the bat. This one we kind of talked about uh, before the show started so I could kind of give you a heads up about it because Earlier, you talked about how you became somewhat of a rules expert uh, with the NCAA. So this is because Paul and I were kind of chatting about this yesterday as well. And I was like, we should just ask Craig tomorrow because he'll know more about the rules than we do. Uh, So a texter uh, texted in about the uh, men's UH men's volleyball national championship from back in 2002, which was stripped away. Because a player was deemed ineligible because he had played professionally in Greece uh, prior to enrolling at the University of Hawaii. And by his account, he didn't get paid. He didn't have an agent. Basically, checked all the boxes that I thought would still make you eligible because I thought you could still play professionally, quote unquote. And as long as you didn't yeah, receive any financial gain or all that stuff, then you would still be eligible. Uh, but Hawaii, the University of Hawaii did appeal and then they lost eventually. So that title is still stripped. So I guess it's a two part question. So one, of course, if you could shed some light on other avenues that could have, I know you don't, there's definitely more details and you don't have all the f- uh, facts that you can read about, but if there are any other Rules that would state that was non-financial benefit-wise that could potentially make a player ineligible, and two, this is the fun one. This is the one that I think would make a lot of Hawaii fans happy, though. If we can just put the banner back up because <laughs> we didn't cheat. So <laughs> I mean, after you find out all the facts, of yeah, course.
0: <laughs> yeah, the, the the devil's in the details. I'm sure here. <laughs> uh, and when I was a rules expert, it was a number of years ago in the '90s. So you know, once I got away from interpreting all the rules for everybody, I kind of. I still have a working knowledge of it but not probably as much of a detailed analysis of it but uh but I you know when when these things happened out there uh, and they still do uh, when I was there at least you know they, they go on prior precedent you know everything's prior precedent like what have we done in the past with these kind of situations so they have a whole database of of, of situations like that and they match it up and say you know try to be consistent in their approach so I, I you're right not knowing the facts uh, it's hard to determine what what's happened here but but generally speaking, you can, you can play for, uh, on a professional team, as long as you're not getting paid, uh, you can receive actual necessary expenses, even if some of the, uh, you know, people are, are getting paid, uh, as professionals. So, so I'm wondering if there's more to it, you know, uh, cause you can get actual necessary expenses. You can be on a team, uh, that's playing professionally. I mean, there's some limitations, but it's not unlikely or unheard of the, of of that happening. And I've seen a number of situations like that. Basketball happens a lot uh, where you might be playing on a summer team and you might have professionals on a summer team. So is it professionals you can play with professionals or is it a professional team? That might be the distinction if it's a professional team and you're the only person not getting paid, but it's still professional team. That might make it a little different, Mm -hmm. but if there's just but if playing with professionals like on a summer team or something like that is always okay. So as long as you're not getting paid, so, you know, I, I am going to look into this one, though, because I want to find out the facts of the situation. Now, today, you know, you just call it an NIL deal out there and, <laughs> yeah. and, and nothing would ever happen. Yeah. Uh, but back in 2002, now we're 20 21 years ago. But I do want to look into that to find out what the situation was. Uh, and I'm glad they did appeal it. But I'm going to pull that up uh, to see. I mean, but you're right. Y- you know, they people put up banners. You hear people get stripped of things a lot or number of wins or whatever. Sometimes they still put it in their media guides. You know, under the coach's name, sometimes they still put banners up. Uh, I don't know if the NCAA enforces it that much. Uh, I think <laughs> we're we're uh, an association of self-monitoring. Mm-hmm. So they, they say you're a member of the team, so you got to play by the rules of the team. You know, but some people say, well, that's not – I don't like the rules of that team uh, – on our team, so I'm going to do something differently. So I guess we probably could put it up. I'll, I'll, I'm going to check into that, though. I'm going to make a note. <laughs> Uh, and check into the history of that to see where it's out because maybe there's some loopholes. Maybe we can press it a little further. Ooh,
1: I love it. I love that answer. I love the challenge of that though. Yeah. Yes, Let's there you that. go. There, there you have, especially for our men's volleyball fans that yeah. Craig is going to look into if there's a way or what exactly happened in 2002 why Hawaii lost the appeal and also if we can just do what, you know, Central Florida did and just deem <laughs> themselves the, at exactly. least at least we legitimately won the national championship. It's just, you know, we just don't have the the banner well, or Central the record. Florida, it's not. But
0: there's up that they had won. Exactly. CC, Florida State yesterday? Had mentioned someone had mentioned that if they're the only undefeated team left after the playoffs and whatnot, that they're going to deem themselves to potentially deem themselves the national champions. I read that last night when I was. Oh my yeah,
2: Good luck with that one. It's like,
0: yeah. Why wouldn't we be national champions? If we're the only left ones left undefeated. So,
2: <laughs> yeah, we kind of take
0: measures in our own hands yeah. in college athletics in a lot of a lot of venues. Now, a lot of <laughs>
1: and that's why, at least you know, Hawaii the men's volleyball team actually did win. Yeah and not, they didn't necessarily cheat to win or anything. Right. They didn't get gain an advantage. It's just one of those technicalities in the NCAA.
2: Well, yeah, this was something, you mentioned it, Ku, you and I were talking about, where it's like, especially now with NIL and, and the amateurism portion of it all in question of like, okay, well, and, and it goes back to what you were saying before, past precedence. And, and that's kind of what, they try and lean on, which I understand as well. So it, it'll be a, an interesting little thing. Either way, you're right. You know, it's it's 2002. We won the national title, man. Like we were there. The games were played and yada, yada. <laughs> Either way, it, it's a fun little conversation and a phenomenal question. One of a few great yeah. questions that we Something got.
1: Something I definitely was wondering about. All right. Here is another question uh, from a texter from the 406. Aloha, Mr. Angelus. I have a question for you this morning. I noticed you were in Japan last month from social media. What were you doing there, and are there opportunities to expand UH's brand in Japan or Australia? This is from Jerry B.
0: Yeah, Jerry, you're exactly right. That's what we're trying to do. Uh, you know, we're we're the closest Division 1 school to, to Japan, to Australia, to New Zealand. Uh, you know, I, people have briefed me on that. I didn't really have all that, you know, planned out when I got here, but we did go out there, with the men's basketball program, uh, for a summer tour, uh, 14 or 10 days, I think out there. And then, and then I, they asked me to go speak out there to the, uh, the reason I was out there most recently is they asked me to come speak out to their, uh, a lot of their collegiate administrators because, uh, they want to, they want to develop a, a collegiate system like this, like we have in America. And I, had, I had met with this group from scuba university is really the leaders in the field over there. Scuba, is a town about an hour outside of Tokyo. Uh, but they have a nice university there. And and they came, when I was in Philadelphia, they brought a whole contingency out there because they were working with people at Temple University. And uh, I met a lot of the folks there and was interviewed there. So I, so this is the same group that they came out and visited uh, Hawaii in the summertime, and I met up with them again. So they've asked us to help them, you know, kind of craft where they're going with that. Uh, so it's kind of a two-pronged approach of being out there. One is... Uh, to help them, uh, mold their system more like the American system. Cause really the American system is really only prevalent in America. I mean, mm-hmm. uh, no other countries do it this way. They all have club programs. So the kids will go to school and then they'll go play in their club teams and whatnot. Uh, and which probably works out well, because you don't have all the NCAA issues <laughs> and all that. So it might be, that might be the way to go the way the current considering where we are now in our intercollegiate athletic space. So that's one area that I went out there and spoke to them and, and did some seminars with them and working with them. But more importantly, I think for us is to try to, like you say, expand our brand out there. I was hoping to take our, one of our football games, our our, st- our season opener of 2026, it was Stanford. Uh, mm. Stanford agreed to go out there and play, I'm sorry, 2025, uh, first game of the year. Cause they're playing here at home. I said, how about if we take it on the road to Japan, maybe Australia, but let's try Japan because we've got a, a great synergy, in Hawaii with Japan and, and, uh, and we got to expand our brand in there. Uh, and so that's where we were going. And then Stanford, when they went the ACC called right after we played them here, they called and said, listen, we'd rather just play in Hawaii in 2025 because we're going back and forth the country in, uh, across the country in the ACC play now. So we'd really, really rather not take the trip all the way to Japan. And I said, okay, uh, but I'm still working on a game there. So I went over also recently to speak to, uh, like the sports marketing director who puts together these things from uh, uh, Rakuten, I think it's called. It's like the equivalent of of Amazon here mm. uh, in the States. And uh, we had a good conversation and they're working on that. There's some, there's a, they own a stadium in Quito uh, where we could play the game. Uh, so we're just seeing it, what kind of effect we would have in football out there in Japan. Because football is not really played as much in the schools and whatnot. So mm-hmm. uh, we're not sure if, if that's going to work. Uh, but. We're trying to do that where we took we took women's volleyball women's basketball is going out this summer men's basketball went last summer men's volleyball went in the fall we're trying to create a presence out there and a brand and try to take advantage of of recruiting not just for our regular students but for our student athletes we got great baseball player coming here apparently that's here this year got a a, someone on the football team basketball team uh so if we can access that as a pipeline also for for top talent top japanese talent to come to our are here are, are come here to play as well as brand sell our merchandise you know be be the university of the, the america's college out there in japan we really want to expand our presence so we're we're slowly doing that and uh, we're going to keep it
2: up and see what we can come up with
1: yeah i mean there's even like a uh japanese twitter handle i think <laughs> that's true. out there as well
2: it's <laughs> true they follow i think they follow me they used to follow me if they don't <laughs> anymore either way that's really cool because ku you and i have talked a lot on this show about like, especially with football and the NFL trying to grow the game. And I know you're talking about growing a pipeline between there, but that also helps, you know, if you're putting a football game out there, it helps grow football out there. And along with that, if you, I mean, we we were just talking about in the first segment how Hawaii benefits from being the only division one institution within 2,500 miles Mm -hmm. uh, of here. And similarly there, like you said, to be the American representative university, it would be really interesting, especially because, like you said, there is such a pipeline of great talent throughout many, many sports.
0: Right. Well, UCLA has a has marketing offices throughout Japan. Uh, some of these are really trying to stake, st- uh, plant a flag out there, so to speak. Uh, but we're trying to do the same thing. Uh, but, you know, football in, out in Japan, from what I've heard, the NFL tried to get some things going in the 80s, and it apparently it didn't get going very well. Uh, and so that's their concern is, you know, no kids are really playing it. There are professional leagues over there, but there's no kids that are playing it. So there's really not a a, a following there, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think that's why the NFL finally, you know, pulled out of it and gave up on it because there's really not a following there. So that's the question they give me is, can we get? You know, they never had a collegiate game over there. It's like, well, can we get fans to buy tickets? And so that's what they're trying to explore of whether whether we can get a following to actually mm-hmm. come and buy some tickets out over there. It's a fun
1: conversation. Yeah, it'll be fun to see what happens. You did bring up a uh, Stanford and how moving conferences and how that affects. So uh, we do need to take a break. But I did want to ask you about that Oregon game in the fall because I know the Civil Beat have reported that it's potentially in jeopardy now. So get some of your thoughts and enlighten all of our listeners about that. So we'll be right back to discuss on Wake Up in the Den.
0: Wake up in the den with Kule Agbayani on the Hawaii Sports Radio Network, 95.1 FM and AM760.
1: Welcome back to all of you, the beautifulest of all the beautiful people. Let's wake up in the den, Kule Agbayani and Paul Brecht and to have the theme music because we are joined by University of Hawaii Athletics Director Craig Angelis for the show. That's when, uh, before we jumped on to start, I was like, oh yeah, that's a surprise song that we're going to drop in the middle of the show. So I had to make sure we... we do that and that's the first time we've ever used it as our uh coming back music on I this show it's so it perfect time we know Yes, we
2: talk about that
0: on these shows much but the band is fantastic yes
2: that's so band and you che- said band
1: cheer and dance yeah I'm glad shout you out to, to them because
2: yeah. I tell people back at home all the time where I'm like Hawaii has so many incredible things with their athletics when it comes to like the fans are rabid like you said before they are you know they Go all the way to the definition of fanatics, but that band makes the environment just so fun every single time. I'm sitting there during basketball games, volleyball uh, matches. I'm tapping my feet and I'm trying to stay as professional as possible, and you know, not <laughs> not bouncing my head and whatever. But sometimes it is just too hard because they're so energetic, they're so into the game, and it feels like every single tune they play is right along. So they do such a phenomenal job. So I'm glad you also appreciate oh. that. Well, when they
0: play the Hawaii Five-0 song, that, that's oh my by God. far it's, my favorite. That's just like... Yes. Gets, gets me goosebumps
1: there. <laughs> Every yeah. time. Yeah. All right. So let's get to the football conversation now. Uh, so just a little background for everything. So it was back in like 2014, so long before you even thought you were going to come out to Hawaii that the three-game series Hawaii versus Oregon uh, with, you know home and home type of thing. And then things got canceled, obviously with COVID, and then moving up the game for next season. We're supposed to play them in week zero. However, with all the conference realignment happening, that game is potentially in jeopardy. And I noticed, you know, it if the schedule doesn't change, we technically only only have 12 games where we usually have 13 because we play in that week zero game. So they can't just simply, we can't just simply lose it. We need to find another game. So if you could just share, shed some light on everything that's kind of going on with that situation.
0: Well, just to back up even a little bit more, I mean, football scheduling is done years in advance. Mm -hmm. I mean, as much as 10 years in advance, maybe even a little bit more. Uh, And so, you know, it's hard to know what things are going to be like 10 years out, eight years out, that kind of thing. And so, uh so a lot of these games are set uh and then if if there's problems that come up along the way you kind of have to make quick adjustments but it's not like there's a lot of games out there you know like to just go pick from because Mm -hmm. everybody's locked in for a long time now that doesn't happen in baseball or basketball might be a year or two in advance most other people you know you can you got plenty of time to adjust but football it's very difficult to adjust because everyone's locked up for a long time uh and so when conference realignment comes uh you know some they have to they have to you know, comply with the new conferences requirements. Some may have an eight-game schedule. Some may have a nine-game schedule. Uh, in Oregon's case, they have a a, a a mandate from their state legislature to play Oregon State every mm-hmm. year. But now that they're no longer in the Pac-12 together, that makes it more difficult for to play. And so they, they needed to play. And so they contacted us about that, that they need to play uh, Oregon State and asked whether, uh, you know, There could be some adjustments made. Uh, So we're still working through that, Uh, but they're kind of, you know, they're under their own pressures because they're going to the big 10 and no longer will play Oregon state, but there's, but their legislature's, uh, you know, ensuring that they they Mm -hmm. keep that rivalry going within the state, which makes sense. So this happens once in a while and you try to, uh, you know, there's really two ways to go about it. If you, if, if, if someone wants to get out, they can always buy you out, but the buyouts are very expensive probably upwards to seven figures because you don't want people to be able to leave. Mm-hmm. But conference realignment, has gotten a little bit more common. So uh, the other way to do it is you just, you say, you agree to uh, to, to push it down the road uh, to another year. It could be five years down the road. It could be six years down the road, you know, but you tend to try to push things down the road. So we're, we're at that stage right now working with them to see, uh, you know, where we need to go with that. But, but you're right. We got to get games here. We've always played 13. I think, once in a while, you could play 12. We need to at least have, uh, if we play 13, we've got to win seven games to be bowl eligible, and one can be a one-double of FCS game. Mm-hmm. Uh, we could play more FCS games if we needed to, which are a little easier to get, but you can only use one uh, to count towards your being bowl eligible. So if we have, if we only play 12 games, we need six wins, and one of those can be an FCS win. If we played two FCS teams and had six wins, we wouldn't be bowl eligible because you can only use one of them. Uh, but we'll we'll have a schedule. But we are trying to we are scrambling right now a little bit, just trying to make some adjustments to see where we need to go with some of this. Uh, but we still have, you know, we still have UCLA on the schedule. Uh, as you know, we're playing Washington State at Washington State with mm-hmm. this new Mountain West pac Two scheduling alliance. <laughs> yeah, uh, where every you know we used to play eight games eight conference games in the Mountain West and now we'll play 7 plus 1 as they're calling it 7 7 of our, our typical Mountain West games and then one then every team will play one uh Pac 2 team uh either Washington State or Oregon State this year we drew uh Washington State at Pullman Washington uh so uh wish we would be able to play them here uh but uh so we're we're continuing to make adjustments everyone's making adjustments with football now with, with conference realignment whether it's Joining up with the pack two mm-hmm. on scheduling, or whether it's help you know working with our partners that are having to adjust to their their new conferences too. So it's uh it's 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 pretty complex, but uh, hopefully we'll have a good schedule by the time we start up next year.
1: I know it's crazy that not only <laughs> with obviously dealing with NIL stuff, but yeah, this conference realignment. I know fans like myself though would be kind of sad because this would be the year that you would want to see Oregon come in, especially because now that a Hawaii quarterback is at the helm with Dylan Gabriel. We talked about how Shevin drew fans for people to come see him, but you're talking about potentially a Heisman year that could be, for Dylan, would be insane, and it would have been yeah. rocking over there in Manoa, yeah. so, but I get well, it. You know, oh.
0: the hard thing with our our, our smaller stadium too, is yeah. is when these schedule, when these guys were put together, I'm sure they were anticipating Aloha Stadium, and you could, you could mm-hmm. bring everybody out, you could get up to what was it 50,000? 50, 50,000. Yes. Uh, 50, and so it would be a nice payday. And so that's why you wanted to have those home and homes to get people to come out because you had big paydays here. Mm-hmm. Uh, and of course, now with the, the adjustment that they have had to make, which I think people did a great job uh, at UH and, and other places of making that adjustment to bring it down to, to Manoa. But again, it's only 15,000. So instead of having 50,000 in the crowd, you're having 15. If, if you Even think of 15, you really can only sell maybe 13,000 because you have students that get in and you have comp tickets for both teams, that kind of stuff, which is, but let's just say 2000. So you're really selling 13,000. So you're going from selling 40 something up to 50 down to 13,000. And, and so whether you have Oregon here, if you had Oregon here, you'd sell 13,000. If you have, uh, I think we had like Albany here, we are selling like eight. So is the Delta between a NFCS and, a, and the number one team in the country, mm-hmm. perhaps like Oregon, 4,000 seats. And if you're four thousand, I mean that's not a big uh, a payday, uh, which 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 hurts us. That's why we need a bigger stadium where we can bring these teams in. We can sell it out because that's where you make a lot of your money is in ticket sales. Mm-hmm. You know, people like, uh, you know, Power Fives and whatnot that are selling out 60, 70. Michigan. They're 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 making a whole lot of money house. in ticket sales, uh, and so that helps us become self sustainable too. So we've got to work through this quandary right now of having a small stadium. Uh, I think the fans would love to see Oregon. I'm, I'm sure Dylan would love to come home. I was getting on a plane to go to a game in the fall, and I was in the I was right behind his aunt in the oh. line, and she had her <laughs> Oklahoma shirt on. Said Gabriel, whatever. We started talking, but I'm sure he'd have a lot of fans that would want to come out here, and we'd love to have it here. Uh, but if you think about the financial piece, you know, you're you're not talking about a lot of, uh, a big difference with with crowd size since since the most we can really sell is thirteen thousand in a fifteen thousand seat stadium.
1: Yeah, so it's it's one of those situations where if they did well, hopefully we can push it down, you know, the road. That's our but goal. yeah, but it but it was one of those like if if say they had to opt out and pay the financial gain for them opting out would be way bigger than the thirteen thousand in ticket sales. Oh, for so yeah, sure. I get yeah, it
0: for sure, and 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 that may happen too. I mean, because we if we can't find games, then you know we try, all try to work together in this environment. But mm-hmm. if we can't find games, we you know that's 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 the end result.
2: Positive, Paul, over here. You know me that I'll I'll sit here. Six years down the road would push us into a time that the new Aloha Stadium, right. You know, would be open. Obviously, twenty twenty eight, the target goal for the Kansas home opener. Mm-hmm. And in that sense, I mean, history has already repeated itself in a Hawaii boy going to Oregon. A great quarterback. You know, Marcus was there. Now Dylan's there. What's to say six years down the line, there won't be another great Hawaii quarterback? At the helm for Oregon to well, come well, back at up. that. We, we thing?
0: want the great Hawaii quarterbacks to see. Yes, yeah. the second. Why? What is this that's positive why Paul? Have, That's why we have <laughs> that's Chang grade. to lead the yes. way to show him how you're to right, do it. You're right.
1: You're right. <laughs> good segment. segue there, Craig. See, yeah, I like that. There you go. That's why he's the man in charge. As we, <laughs> we are we by. Got to get all these
0: guys to stay home and play for yeah. the hometown team. A beautiful, beautiful new it. stadium and beautiful
2: facilities. Does Micah still have eligibility at that point? Is is COVID year over? Is COVID year over forever? everybody no you're right you're right the number so i guess the number two hawaii quarterback will be at oregon at that sure. point trying to, sure. trying we'll to let, come we'll back let, we'll let the number two guy go yeah that yeah. guy can go over there
1: <laughs> i like that i love how he kind of we got to take a step back there like, like what just that. happened no, no. He, he he kept us on our toes Absolutely. he's like wait got a minute it. no we'll the number one it. quarterback in hawaii is staying home and playing under timmy chang one of the record breakers for the University of Hawaii
2: great Hawaii quarterbacks yeah
1: (laughs) all right we do need to step aside for our last break but when we come back we'll ask you a little bit more about what you can share on your end with the stadium and everything that's going on Uh, and then another text question and then we're gonna end it off with some really fun questions, actually, uh, just to kind of close out the mood of 2023. So we'll be right back as we are joined by UHAD Craig Angelis on Wake Up in the Den.
0: Back to more Wake Up in the Den with Kutule Agbayani on the Hawaii Sports Radio Network, 95.1 FM and AM 760.
1: Welcome back to Wake Up in the Den, Kule Agbayani, Paul Brecht, and University of Hawaii Athletics Director Craig Angelis. All right, Craig, we we're talking a little bit about the the stadium. So from what you can share with our audience and from your perspective and the things that you're dealing with uh, behind the scenes, uh, just shed some light on what the fans need to know that the university specifically is uh, taking into account and working on.
0: Yeah, it's, it's a good time, uh, you know, in its evolution now, because there seems to be some direction and and it's some movement, which I'm really encouraged about. I know there's been discussions and other plans prior to me being here. uh, But we're very supportive of Josh Green's plan. And you saw last week or maybe a week or two ago, we had that press conference at the Capitol there where he uh, unveiled, basically the RFP that's going out. And so what that means to people, because I know a lot of people probably don't realize what that means. And uh, is, is, you know, we're trying to do what they call a NASET at Nash, uh, new Aloha stadium entertainment district. Mm-hmm. They said. So that's, and I'm on one of the committees that that's working with, there's a lot of people that they've brought up to the table, a lot of experts, really good experts that are bringing to the table uh, to, to oversee that direction. So it's moving with a lot of very qualified and good people. Cause I've built a stadium before out at Florida Atlantic university. Mm-hmm. So I kind of understand the industry a little bit uh, in that regard. And so that's moving. And th- and the biggest thing is the state's put, put forth the money, you know, that I think it's what, 350 million up to 400 million, somewhere in between there, uh, towards a stadium. But as we know, the developers, they're seeking the developers who can come and probably put more money into the stadium, but also build the affordable housing and all the entertainment districts and all that other, other amenities will go along with the stadium. And if it can get done, it'll be a beautiful setup out there. Uh, but I think what, what the RFP means now, is so they put on RFP means request for proposal, and qualifications from from potential developers. So they'll put that out there. These developers know what's coming. They'll develop their plan. They'll present their plan. And then I think sometime in the spring, uh, the committee will decide, uh, maybe limit it to three people, uh, and give them time to then go out. And I think almost probably, uh, oh, I forget how long it will be, but they'll be out there to be able to develop their own proposal. And then they'll choose one. And then they'll have nine months to to uh, negotiate with that one developer to see if they can come up with an agreement. And all that time will take, they, they think by, by the early part of uh, summer of 2025, they'll know whether they have a deal done without one developer. So between now and 20, summer of 2025, uh, will be all this movement going on and exploring all these options and seeing if it's financially feasible for the developer and what it looks like for them and who's coming to the table. And then, you know, choosing one and then trying to negotiate a deal. Now, if a deal can get done, then they'll start building it and they should have it done by, you know, uh, sometime in 2028. Uh, and
1: Kansas opener. In Hopefully time for before. us
0: to open up our game. I think it, if it goes according to plan, it'd be open a little bit, maybe spring of 2028. Mm-hmm. They can do some other events in there, you know, kind of work out the kinks and we'll be ready to go in, uh, I think, August of 2028. So that's the plan right now. So I think the real key now is to – is the next point to check in is, is like that summer 2025. If we have a developer, we're ready to go. Uh, if we don't have a developer or there's no plan, then, then that's where it's going to be uh, you know, a little tricky. Okay. So where do we go from there? Uh, so we got to be thinking of all the different options out there, but we're all in with Josh Green's plan and we're following it closely. And um, you know, hopefully we'll have a nice setup up there in 2028.
1: Yeah. And we're keeping it positive here. Paul and I are, Keeping our fingers crossed, and we have the our bet amongst our our team here that hey, Paul and I are on the side that it will get done, like they said it's going to get done. Other people on our team aren't as optimistic, but we'll see what happens. That's why why it everyone happens. has an
0: opinion. Yeah, some are some are optimistic, some don't think <laughs> it will happen, but uh, but we're optimistic at, at uh, and I know our uh, president David Lasner is firmly behind it. Our board of regents are behind it, and uh, so we're hoping that we can we can bring it to fruition.
1: All right, last uh, text question. Aloha, what are your expectations for the 2024 Rainbow Warriors?
0: Boy, that's a great question. College athletics encompasses so much. I mean, clearly, you know, it's not all about winning, but that's why we play college athletics is to win. I mean, certainly we want to do it the right way. Mm -hmm. You know, obey all the the NCAA rules. We certainly want to graduate these student athletes because most of them are not going on to play professionally anyway. And even if they do, it's a short-lived uh, career generally. So they're always going to have to have a degree and something to fall back on and prepare for and do, you know, play and, and go to school concurrently and try to make sure that they maximize their, their hopes and dreams. Uh, so we, we want to make sure we're, uh, you know, making sure that happens. Uh, and then of course, you know, we want to, we want to, we want to win. Uh, and I think the expectation for the coaches, and I think they know it is to win the conference championship, uh, you know, and get a berth into the NSA tournament and go as far as they can, in the NSA tournament summer, are wired for that. Like you see the volleyballs are wired Mm -hmm. for that and are able to win the national championship. Some may not have, uh, the resources maybe, or wired for that right now, but we're, but we're, we're taking a look at all the sports and all their budgets because the budget's a big thing too. we got to raise money. We got to, we got to get a a little firmer uh, financial model so we can compete uh, with some of these other schools and even our own conference with things such as facilities Uh, things such as, you know, uh, cost of attendance, uh, Alston money. I mean, just, you know, resources are a big, a a big thing. And we certainly travel, travel. We got to get better at travel. Our football team travels commercially. I'd like to see if we could travel charter
1: Mm. uh, like everybody Mm -hmm. else
0: on the mainland does. But it's so expensive to do that here. So those are things we're looking at. So there's a lot of things we're looking at. But I think if you boiled it down, we want to make sure our student athletes, you know, are well taken care of in the classroom. And we have a great academic staff that helps them. And they seem to be doing very well. So we want to make sure that you know our graduation rate continues to stay high. We want to make sure that we're winning. You know we got to win, especially in some of these key sports. I know people are thinking about football, but football. You know football's making strides. But keep in mind, and I've learned this since I got here, that prior to Timmy coming, they had 19 players uh, that uh, 19 starters that transferred, and mm-hmm. I was told 11 of them were starting in Division One. I mean, I'm sorry, in Power 5. And that doesn't include Shevin, who's over at San Diego or San Jose State. Mm-hmm. Uh, but 11 of those 19 are starting at Power 5. So, yeah, 19 stars that leave and 11 of those are starting at Power 5. Must have been a pretty good talent pool at that time. But a lot of those guys leave, got to rebuild it. And so hopefully Timmy can get the, that back up and going again. Uh, and, and I think that's what everyone's looking for. Because football's, you know, huge in Hawaii. Mm-hmm. And, and everyone's looking at that. So I think that's the real, we got to see a real, you know, positive, uh, improvement there for next year. And I think team will get us there. Uh, but certainly want to win in all of our sports. I know Charlie's done a great job with, with men's, uh, volleyball and, uh, uh, you know, hopefully we can make another title run there. Our basketball teams are doing, are doing well. Uh, our volleyball team did well, uh, all of our sports. We want to make sure that, you know, the idea is to win the conference championship, get the automatic berth into the NSA tournament, and then go as far as we can in the NSA tournament. Some will be able to go farther than others. Uh, but not they're not all built the same tennis is of the world uh women's women's uh track and field you know they're kind of individual sports a little bit so it's harder to, you know you just want to make sure they're qualifying for the NCAA even individually so that's clearly our goal is to graduate our players uh win 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 championships uh and also be able to raise money because that's the other thing we're really going to uh look at this uh this year we're doing a I'm doing a study uh with our people called WWIT what would it, what will it take uh we're going to get wristbands I'll get your wristband there you know, okay, WWIT okay. <laughs> we can wear those around but we're trying to do an analysis of what it would take to to get up to the what level we want to be at you know and how it's going to and how we're going to get there so where we are where we want to go and and how to how to bridge the gap there so so the third element I think this for 2024 that we want to make a lot of strides in is our ability to raise money uh and and raise the level of uh, resources we have for our, our, for our coaches. So there's a lot, you know, running an athletic department is multifaceted. You have 500 student athletes. you got 21 teams. They're all going hard and you're trying to make sure it all works together. But those are our three goals probably this year uh, and every year, but mm-hmm. especially this year, uh, that we're trying to pursue.
1: I love it. And we're going to do it. We're going to win. That's what we do. In Hawaii.
2: All we do is win. <laughs>
1: <laughs> all right. We have about two minutes left. So we're going to finish it off with some fun, Questions, very difficult questions. Uh Um, actually, one (laughs) hard hit (laughs) us. One is coming over from Big UH supporter Mike Kawazoi. He's like, "What's your favorite local dessert? (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) what's your favorite local dessert that's not hula pie?"
0: Oh, I had that last night. (laughs) <laughs> I went to Duke's.
1: So, every, yeah, Craig loves yeah. the, not sponsored, Craig loves the hula pie at Duke's. <laughs>
0: yeah, I went there last night and uh, had that. Or or the Wildlife Country Club has a great oh, one. Oh, they do, too. Yeah, that's my favorite. So, I got I, I guess that's the one I got to go with, He's, even but
1: though. But he said besides hula okay, pie. Okay, uh,
0: then the malasadas that I had oh, yesterday. Okay. I stopped over there yesterday with the family because we had to introduce mm-hmm. them to that and had the cinnamon. Uh, the cinnamon one. Cinnamon, interesting. Yeah. All right, so, keeping
1: it, keeping the sweet tooth going. Uh, this is actually <laughs> shout out to Brandon Tamanaha of Warrior All Access because he put this uh, question on Twitter. Uh, what's your favorite Pop Tart flavor? Because we just had the very viral Pop Tart bowl. So, what's your favorite Pop Tart? flavor? Oh, Pop
0: Tarts are huge at our house. I mean, you put them in the toaster and then you put a light a light coat of butter on top. That is fantastic. I was going
2: to say, that's a delicacy. Yeah, no, that's fantastic. But Extra. the strawberry
0: one, well, no, raspberry. Raspberry one.
1: Raspberry. I was going to say strawberry. Strawberry is my favorite. But, but I love oh, strawberries. Raspberry.
0: But the raspberry ones, if you can find them, are really good. And I like the chocolate, the s'mores. I mean, there's there's a whole slew of them. As you know, I have a sweet tooth.
1: <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, you, like we said, you've been here for six months. So, the things on your feet, do you call them flip flops, thongs, or slippas now?
0: Well, I. Uh, and my first week here, when I was on some shows, they they told me there's a few things. One, you don't call you call them slippers, and it's not shaved ice; it's shave ice. So those are the two things I did learn. <laughs> I still <laughs> am prone to flip flops, uh, but I, I I'm working on the slippers.
1: Oh man, I can't believe we're out of time. Maybe we should do an after hours in the den. But we for now, thank you so much, Craig Angelus, for taking the time to join us on our final show of the year.
0: Thank you for having me. And I guess I'm going to have to bug you to come back again uh, sometime. So yep. we'll finish up again.
1: So for Paul, I'm Kugule. Have a happy new year. Bye. All right. Welcome back again to, well, I guess it's after hours in the den now because we were having so much fun with UH Athletics Director Craig Angelis that we asked him to stay. And fortunately, he can, mostly to finish up our fun Uh, questions that we've had as we ended the show a little bit about the pop tarts and the hula pie and desserts and the slippers. But I have such a laundry list of additional questions that I wanted to ask you. So I'm excited that you're staying. All right. So we talked about the things that you had to learn when you first got out here or things people told you. These are the main things that you need to know. So have you become a regular at Zippy's yet?
0: (laughs) You know, I've been to Zippy's a number of times. I mean, it's it's got a great menu. I will say that What's you your get favorite anything thing? you want. I, well, sometimes I vacillate between like the breakfast food, you know, the pancakes, uh, the the French toast. So sometimes, like in the afternoon, I might like breakfast food. So I like that. But uh, but that's usually what I I usually get breakfast food when I go to Zippy's. <laughs> I will say that sometimes I go with you know a sandwich or something like that. But mostly it's breakfast food.
1: Oh, that's a good one. Okay. I don't know
2: if I know anybody who. Like anybody else uh, amongst my inner circle who goes directly for the zippy's breakfast food, so I like that. It's a unique answer, you know, a little something a little bit different because I feel like we normally hear some regular, I don't know, rice and chili bowl. You know, eight, uh, that's a eight, that's a eight, studio eight. favorite. Yes,
1: don't knock the rice and <laughs> the chili bowl. Uh, speaking, still sticking with our food questions though, uh, does pineapple belong on pizza? Answer wisely. <laughs>
0: I usually don't order it on my pizza, but my wife really likes it on her pizza. So I, I can eat it, but it does seem a little odd to, to me to have it on a pizza. <laughs>
1: All right. Is a hot dog a sandwich?
0: I have never considered it a sandwich. <laughs> it's got to be in a hot bo- hot dog bun, but I've seen it if you slice it in half and then put it on a sandwich and make, you know, I, I can see that.
2: I would be but, more. I think I'd be more concerned by somebody doing it. Like, if I saw somebody <laughs> do that at the cookout, I would be, I'd probably pull them aside and just be like, is everything okay, buddy? Like, well, it's probably too much work, this? too, right? Well, that's
1: kind of yeah. what I mean.
0: I mean, you just throw it off, throw it onto a bun and put some mustard. I have put mustard and ketchup on. A lot of people don't like both, but I like both of them. Me, Maybe too. Some, just
1: don't do it in Chicago. Yeah. <laughs> Only no. mustard. Only mustard? <laughs> no ketchup. <laughs> I, I, the other half like walked away from me and was like, I'm not, uh, uh, I don't want to be seen with you putting ketchup on the, a hot dog or something like in Chicago. It's, say, it's not apparently Chicago. not a thing. Uh, <laughs> all right. We'll get off the food topic. Uh, what is your favorite type of music and your favorite artist or band?
0: Well, when I moved to Miami, I really got into R&B. Really? All right. So that's so all I listen to is, is R&B. That's uh, really the only thing I listen to. So like you know, Bruno Mars is big here. Uh, I'm a big Bruno Mars fan. Uh, but anything, anything R&B, it could be old R&B or new R&B. Uh, Rihanna, I mean, any of it. I I'm all into, into that. I used to listen to the Tom Joyner Show, uh, all the time in South Florida, going into in and out of work or into work every morning. So I'm all into R&B. Huh. He fits our studio vibe, cool.
1: I know. So we're looking forward to Usher at the Super Bowl halftime. Then.
0: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a big I'm a big fan
1: there. So this is interesting. I would have never guessed R and B. That's say,
2: pretty awesome. He's keeping us on our toes here. I, I said the unique answer with zippies, but it, it keeps getting better. It, these were needed after hours. Yes. I'm very <laughs> thankful for the uh, additional time, of course.
1: <laughs> All right. What is I mean, Christmas just happened, but what is your favorite Christmas movie?
0: Um Christmas with the Cranks. We, wa- we, we watch that surprise. all the time. <laughs> we watched that twi- two or three times this past week. That was a, a, a favorite. What is it that makes that one the favorite? Uh, I think the actors are Tom, uh, Tim Allen, and um, oh, the other. Uh, they're they're fantastic. But we get a kick out of uh, you know when when the, the daughter brings her boyfriend home, Enrique. Uh-huh. and in the way they spell Enrique when they're trying to pick them up the police officers are picking them up at the and, and so they have the signs they don't know who these people are and they say Enrique they don't know how to spell it <laughs> so it's kind of a family joke if we go to we go pick up our kids from the airport or whatever my do, my wife sometimes will, will make an Enrique sign <laughs> And, and put it there and everyone gets a laugh out of it. So that's, that's, yeah, that's probably our, our, our favorite one. I
1: love that. I love these surprise answers. Now I wish I like came up with more questions. I mean, I still have more, <laughs> oh, but this God. is by far. Well, like, everyone has a story has in life, been, you know? Yeah. <laughs> All right. What is your um, favorite, a size, you can't use the University of Hawaii as an answer for this. So what's your favorite sports team or teams and maybe some of your favorite athletes, either previous or current
0: well pro athletes or pro sports teams I grew up uh being a Dallas Cow- Cowboy fan when they were all on tv and and their their quarterback at the time when I was really really young was a guy named Craig Morton and uh so he had the same name as I did so when I was really <laughs> young that's who I gravitated towards but they were the only ones on tv during that time mm-hmm. too uh but I also grew up in Sa- San Francisco Giants fans because when I was really young we lived in San Francisco area so I'm a San Francisco Giants fan uh but I, I I love the I love the Heat uh, in Miami because I gravitated for the Heat. I love the Phillies uh, when I was in Philadelphia for a long time. Watched the Phillies every night with Bryce Harper. Uh, I think college though, you know, out, outside the University of Hawaii would be like Miami because I really mm-hmm. when I was at Miami we were really good. We won national championships in football and baseball, and it was kind of an electric time. I mean they were the Alabama at the time back in the late 90s, early mm-hmm. 2000s. Uh, now they've dropped way off. Uh, but but from a college team, that's probably who I who I follow the, the most outside of the the one I'm at right now.
1: I know it's crazy to think that The Rock was on that team, but he was like not a player necessarily a key player on no, that team.
0: Yeah, it's so funny because I have a picture with myself in The Rock because I you know, I was doing compliance at the time. So I knew a lot of these guys. I'd be in the weight room with them, et cetera. I have a picture of myself in The Rock at a at a academic function over on campus one day where I had to accompany him. So he was a player and I was the administrator. So we sat together and we got a picture together. So when I pulled that out a few years ago, I got a lot of (laughs) credibility from the kids, uh, like, you know, the rock, uh, but yeah, Dwayne Johnson at the time, but he played behind Warren Sapp, but he did still play a little bit, but he had a great physique for football. Mm -hmm. You know, he had a great look for football and I was really reshaped that when he went to, uh, to wrestling, but, uh, he, but he, you know, the thing about him, he is the nicest guy. I mean, even when he was there, he's the nicest guy, and you see him on TV and other things. But he's just a normal, a normal, really nice guy. Mm-hmm. You know, if you saw him. Uh, so yeah, that was those were good times back then.
2: Ooh, I wonder. So you, in a sense, I would imagine, have been able to meet a, a few different celebrities before their heyday in working in college athletics. Is there anybody whose personality surprised you? It can be good or bad. Either way, I don't mind whatever you'd like to do. But well, is there anybody who surprised you uh, afterwards or at least surprises you now where you're like, I know that's an act or I know like that's a great person and they get a, a tough time?
0: Yeah, that's a good question. I mean, in Miami, they had a lot of uh, number one draft picks. I think during the time I was there, there was probably, I think they did a poster on it. It was like 21 number one draft picks over, <laughs> over a certain time period. Uh, Not bad. But guys like like Ray Lewis. I mean, when you mm. see Ray Lewis as a high school kid coming in, uh, and, and just seem in colleges as regular guys, you know? And, uh, and, and then you, but, but then when you go to the pros, then they're getting all that money and they're the big celebrities and they're like bigger than life, but you're like, these guys were just, you know, you knew them when they were in college, just regular guys. Uh, and I think they're, you know, deep down, they're all just still regular guys, but I think we don't view it that way when we see people on TV and they're getting paid millions and millions of dollars. Uh, but there were some really great ones that came through. Really good guys. I mean, I think a guy like Ed Reed, Ed Reed, if you remember Ooh. him, who played for the Ravens, Ed that's was the dog. nicest guy, and he's still the nicest guy. I saw him at uh, I saw him at uh, the National Football Foundation Hall of Fame entrance a couple years ago, and talked to him afterward. He still acted like he remembered me.
1: Uh, <laughs> hey, that's all. But, that's all you need. But he's just
0: really a nice, sweet guy. I mean, these guys are really good guys. Uh, you know, in college, they're just regular kids, and they grow up. And they, they get older and they make a lot more money but deep down they're still just good regular guys so i i've got nothing but respect for all those miami guys because they're 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 good guys you see you see greg olson on you know uh he was there a little after i was there but you know they're they're really you know good guys they got a bad rap sometimes but if you knew them they're really good guys now some people like coaches that's another story sometimes those their private persona and their public persona can be two different things i've seen that throughout my career where when they're on camera, or whatever people think, they're such a nice guy, and just just seems like it'd be great working with them. And you're like, yeah, 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 seems but, that way. But, <laughs> but when you see him behind closed doors, and you see how they can how they react sometimes to people in various situations, they might be uh, just a little bit different uh, than when they are in, in uh, their their public persona. So, but the good thing about Hawaii is you don't have that. I mean, mm-hmm. you I'm don't have that at that. all. I mean, Timmy Chang's about as nice as there is. Iran's about as nice as they are. Lara Beeman. I mean, you go down Rich Hill, uh, you know, Bob Coolin. I mean, they're, you know, you go all the way down. Our track coaches, our, our you know, soccer coaches, uh, <laughs> others, just really good people. So I, that was a real pleasant thing. I was surprised because, uh, to see, because they're just really good people, you know, under times of stress and, and not under times of
2: stress. I'm glad. I'm glad you outlined that because I feel we talk about that sometimes Kule on our normal show where people sometimes forget like the the college athletes are also just regular people, they're students, but they also in in turn they idolize some of these coaches as well where it's like okay, we also have to remember they're regular people with flaws as well. So I'm glad yeah. you you were able to articulate that cuz it's it's an interesting landscape to to have to work with. Uh, I am sure. So
1: thanks. Thanks for that. Yeah. yeah. Shout out to David Matlin, previous athletics director. He had to do all those hirings. I know he got some flack for one coach that is no longer with us. But for the most part, he's his batting average is pretty good so yeah. far with the coaches that he had, was able to bring in.
2: Well, yeah. And you, during our regular show here, which if you didn't catch, you can also catch on our YouTube um, on you know, Hawaii Sports Radio Network, Uh, you talked about the people of Hawaii and how great they are. And that's something that I had found as well in my moving from the mainland to out here where it was, it it is such a a, a breath of fresh air to go in and you still work with these people and they are still exceptionally competitive people that, Mm -hmm. that is not anything that's changed, but they are still so good and so kind and whatnot. And it's, It goes back to what you ended up closing the show with, what you want from the programs. Obviously, you want winners, but you also want to help the University of Hawaii continue to produce great people that come out and the alum that come out that are great. So it's always nice to see our coaches uh, and the people in charge share that value, you know?
1: Mm -hmm. All right. So you clearly said you love doing this. You're going to do it forever. But... (laughs) If you could pick a dream job that you would be automatically educated and qualified for, what would be your dream job? Like when you were a kid, you're like, this is what I want to be when I grew up.
0: Well, as a, as a kid, everyone wants to be a pro athlete. You know? yeah. I mean, we all, we all do, you know, and then we find out that the talent level may not be there. <laughs> uh, but you know, the one job I've, 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 tell my wife this too, is if I could, if I could change over right now or if, uh, if I had to, or had the talent, that I could really get a kick out of are these guys because uh, I love to go to to Broadway plays and uh, and the and the the conductor down in the pit, you know, the orchestra conductor down there. I just would love to be one of those guys. Uh those guys are so fascinating because I just love the way they just these guys are so talented as musicians. They're so talented in those Broadway plays, but the 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 person who's down there conducting, that's what I thought. You know, I'd love to do that if I ever. I don't have that kind of musical talent at all, but I love to see that. Love I
1: it. love this, yes. Craig. You are like the best at this. Like <laughs> you are throwing out answers that are one, I wouldn't expect you to say, and two, I wouldn't really expect anyone to say like that one. That is that's I like that. Yeah, too. Yeah, and
0: that wasn't really rehearsed. I I came across that like like a few years ago, and I was living in Brooklyn and living in New York, and we but we'd always gone to Broadway plays. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, like to not all the time, but uh, but I just get a, I just I'm fascinated by those people and, and that talent they have. And maybe it's because I don't have the talent, and that's why maybe I, I love it so much.
1: Fascinated by it. It's crazy because, like Paul keeps saying, you're totally speaking our language because you're a Cowboys fan. Our station has a Cowboys. We're both, like, performing arts kids, and you like the <laughs> music. And shout out to the conductors. I'm like, whoa, you're like our— you're like our new bestie now. But
0: you guys were probably much more accomplished musicians than I did. I I, I was. I, I played the trumpet till I was like in high school and I begged my mother to let me give up the playing the trumpet. <laughs> because I wasn't probably good at Probably because I never practiced. I don't know if I didn't have a knack for it or I never practiced. But I just assumed I wasn't good at it. So I was able to give it up.
1: Have you tried the ukulele yet?
0: I have not tried that. I bet you're probably pretty good at that.
1: I'm, no, I am not. No? <laughs> She's, uh, not. I can dance hula, but I cannot play the ukulele. I learned like, you learned basics in elementary school here, uh-huh. but I kind of forget all of it all. See, you got to put that on your 2024 uh, list of things to, to try to do.
0: And I got, and I just, I'm glad you told me how to say it too, because, you know, on this in the mainland you'd say like ukulele right yeah don't
1: say it like i have also changed (laughs) my pronunciation
2: since coming from the mainland so it was something that i was glad (laughs) was shared to me before i had to say it on radio. <laughs> Uh-oh. we edit that out. <laughs> <laughs> no,
1: it's right. All right. I know we don't want to take up too much of your time, but since this is, we are going into a new year, I know during the live show we did ask about the Rainbow Warriors and, and goals. Uh, do you have any, aside from, you know, learning to play the ukulele, uh, <laughs> what are maybe some of your New Year's, I hate the term resolutions, but I do like to say New Year's goals. So what are your, maybe a one or two personal new year's goals that you may have well, if you want
0: to get real personal i mean since i've come here i've eaten like a certain so much <laughs> uh i mean i got to lunch dinner a uh, breakfast sometimes i could hit it was most of the time it was like at least two times a day there's time as, it could be as much as four times a day uh, i've had that happen too so it's one of those things i need to get back into shape so again we all say that on january one you know now it's going to be January two because we're going to enjoy this January one mm-hmm. and then January yes. two we're going to start. Uh, but that's probably the number one thing because it's like, how did this happen? <laughs> uh, but it's really like, I've come here and hit it hard with uh, meeting as many people as I can and getting out. And a lot of times when you meet them, uh, you, you meet them at a, 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 a dinner spot or breakfast spot or lunch spot. And so you end up eating along the way. And then of course, you know, the the, the desserts here are fantastic. So you just put it down you're like i'll just figure that out later i'll worry about it later but now later is here so yeah that's my number one (laughs) that's the number one goal but but other than that you know you try to you try to live a consistent life you know month in month out so you don't like have to just like regroup every january and start you know start Mm -hmm. good habits again especially as you get older you, you can't really always pick it back up but this one i'm I'm not gonna let get away again. Uh, I, I guarantee it. But I, this will be a little bit of a, a long haul here. But I'm gonna. I'm dedicated towards that goal right now.
1: I love that. That and again the ukulele goal. <laughs> the ukulele. Yeah, and, and you ha- know it doesn't have to be like any like not like Bukuru or anything. But you know maybe just a simple song.
0: Well, just I, I might have to try that. Yeah, uh, I, I was sent a guitar from the AD at uh, Vanderbilt because like when you go to games. They uh, give you little gifts. Usually it's food or a food basket Mm -hmm. or something like that. Well, being in the SEC, I guess, you know, and also being in Nashville, they have a little money, but, but she sent all the visiting ADs that would come instead of giving it to you when you come there, you know, and you have to take it back with you. She sent it through the mail and it was a, it was a guitar that had UH's logo on it uh, from Nashville. It was a a very cool thing. I don't know if it's a high-end guitar or not, but it it looks great. Mm -hmm. So maybe I could learn to play that. But Mm -hmm. also I need to learn to pronounce my Hawaiian words better. That's another one. I got to get better at that. Not like the ukulele. I got to... I'd learn that. One.
1: Yeah. Hey, we appreciate it. I mean, just like Paul's uh, very much in tune with trying to get better day by day with all of the not only Hawaiian words, but we call a lot of like high school and obviously University of Hawaii games with a lot of the, oh, the last Samoan name. last names. So yeah. paul, Paul's paul been he's been steadily improving as the year went on and he's going to continue to do so. So both of you guys like I love it. Good job. My Hawaiian
2: <laughs> Duolingo is going crazy right now. <laughs> <laughs> like, if I, if I can say so myself. Either way, a big twenty twenty four on the way for everybody in this wake up studio. So really excited for <laughs> us. Uh, though I do feel I, f- I feel the getting back in shape. I have a wedding in seven months I gotta get in shape for, so
1: <laughs> <laughs> All right. Last but not that you bring that up. No, oh, I was gonna say last question, but now second to the last question, Craig, since you've been married for a while, and our young Paul Brecht here is about to get married next year. What oh, what is, what is some uh, marriage advice that you can <laughs> bestow upon this young man right here?
0: Uh, try to keep everything light. <laughs> don't don't ever have a serious discussion once the sun goes down. Okay, because that That's just that that just never works. This whole thing about <laughs> Don't go into bed. Don't go to sleep, you know, uh, you know, angry or whatever. I don't buy that at all because what happens is when you get into deep discussions late at night, that's usually when things fall apart. You know, it's dark outside, you know, we're tired, uh, things like that. And it just, is going to go downhill. So it's like, take a timeout. We'll pick it up tomorrow. When the sun is out, we're feeling refreshed. You know, we've gone through our cool down period. That's <laughs> the number one thing. Go to your 24-hour self-imposed cool-down period and never have serious discussions late at night. I but
2: love those it. Those are excellent, excellent <laughs> rules and pieces of advice. I appreciate oh, It could go on, I'm sure.
0: I've learned a few things over the, over <laughs> the years. But.
1: All right. Final thing before we have to let you go. Just what are, this is what I would usually ask, you know, in the live show, but I know we were up against uh, the time. But what are just your final words for all of our amazing University of Hawaii fans out there?
0: I would say stay faithful, uh, and, and hopeful because, uh, you know, I think we've got, we've got a lot of people all wanting the same thing for, University of Hawaii athletics, the legislature, the board of regents, uh, the fans, the donors, the players, the students, uh, student body. Uh, and so everyone's rowing in the same direction. Uh, they may have different ideas on how to get there, but we're all really united and aligned. And I think that's the thing. If we can stay aligned uh, and develop a plan of where we want to get to, uh, then, then, you know, everyone's going to be proud of the school uh, and proud of their program, proud of their football program, especially. I know that's the, a big thing here. Uh, so, you know, we'll, we'll eventually get there with the stadium. Uh, we'll eventually get there with the wins and losses. Uh, we'll eventually get there with the budget. Uh, and so the sky is not falling on intercollegiate athletics. It's not falling on the University of Hawaii. Uh, you know, there's there's uh, there's there's a bright future ahead, and I think people just need to stay positive, stay engaged, and uh, do their part, whether it be just buying a ticket, and coming out to a game, or, or, you know, anything more. Uh, but just stay engaged because I think I think we're on the right track, uh, and I'm hopeful for the future. It's going to take a little bit more heavy lifting because of our stadium issue, and we're we'll working through the financial issues, and of course the NCAA issues itself. And conference realignment, but it's a to me, it's an exciting time to be in college athletics, and I, I'm, I've, I'm, I'm uh, very hopeful uh, and optimistic that we'll, will uh, we'll, we'll do well. Here.